0: Happy Thursday, everybody, brothers and sisters of the Ask Us Nation. Welcome back to the Ask Us Why podcast. If you're joining us live today, it is September 1st, and we are starting a brand new series up going through the book of Proverbs. It's going to be a day-by-day, chapter-by-chapter. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And it's pretty common, you've probably heard of it before, but uh you can do like the devotional plans where it's like do a proverb a day. And I like that idea, and I think that it'd be awesome for us to just have something quick and easy to get you guys going with your day, to give you a little bit of a takeaway and a little bit of wisdom to help grow you closer to Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking it day by day. They're going to be posted every single night at midnight so that the next morning you'll be able to listen to it. Chapter one obviously is a little bit late. It has been a hectic schedule for me and I haven't been able to get around to it. So this is coming live, but for these next ones, they're going to be ready the night before for you guys so that you can jump into them your next morning before you go to work, before you start your day, whatever it is, you have something there. It's quick and easy and it gets to the point um, and it's full of scripture which is what I'm really hopeful to do. So uh, with that being said, this episode is a little bit more of an introduction to Proverbs, and this is a little bit of context and background for you guys so that going into the chapter, you or not to the chapter, but going into the book, you guys have a little bit of background behind it. It can be super quick for us to jump into books and be like, let's do this, this is awesome, start reading, but if you neglect to, or to know who the author is, the intended audience, to know all those things, it makes it a lot harder for you to get the full context of the scriptures and of what, um, what we are reading. And so going into that, we're going to be talking about where Proverbs comes from, where the term comes from, and a little bit of background of the author and kind of what we can expect going through the book. So if you're brand new and you've never gone through the book of Proverbs before, um, or if you're someone that's already been through the book of Proverbs a few times, I'm sure there's going to be things you can learn in here because I've already done some research through Proverbs, but I'm constantly learning new things and I love it. And it's awesome. So To give you guys a little bit of context for what proverb even means, because we say the word a lot, but what does it actually mean? So proverb comes from the Hebrew word mashal, and mashal means comparison. So there actually are a lot of times where you're going to see like stark contrast, kind of like um, if you remember in school going through English and you did like poetry, there was different like formats and styles for how you would find rhythm. And so sometimes it would be like an ABAB or an ABBA, And you're going to see tons of different types in this, but for the most part, you kind of see like two lines, maybe three lines given uh, about a certain statement of some sort. And then sometimes it'll contrast with something completely different or it'll follow up to support the point or it could just be transitioning into a new topic. So you're going to kind of see this, but there's just a lot of comparison through it between the fool and the wise, those that make the, the poor decision that lead into sin and deception and destruction and those who choose wisdom and life. And that's what the book of Proverbs is all about, but it really is to be a book about like thought-provoking pronouncements, principles, and teachings. So when you think of the book of Proverbs and you think about um, what is the actual purpose of it? There are a lot of books where you're going to read things like this and you think it's very black and white. You do A, you get B. You do X, you get Y. And it's just not not as true about Proverbs as you might want to think. I think a lot of us will go into this thinking that there are promises, but in reality, they're more principles. And principles are great to follow. We should still memorize them. We should still be applying them into our lives, right? Like that you... Um, You still use them on the day-to-day basis and you use wisdom to apply those things that you know But it doesn't necessarily mean that those things will come to pass So like for example, one of the things we'll read about in the scriptures is that with wisdom comes longevity of life And that could be true You could live a much longer life using wisdom that we understand from god that is biblical But also we're not guaranteed tomorrow. You could die tomorrow, but to blame wisdom as being the, the fault of that, that, you know, but I lived a wise life. Why did I die? Or whatever it is, not that you can ask that question when you're dead, but other people might ask that. Um, there's just, there's a lot of uh, anomalies that come to it. And so that's why like theologians or scholars, historians, whatever it is, people that are reading the text, they'll more often encourage it to be a book of principles or just things to apply into life, but not necessarily a like a cosmic truth of promise that like, if you do this, it's going to happen. So with that in mind, the person who's actually writing the majority of the book of Proverbs is Solomon himself. Solomon being the son of King David. We probably know King David from a few stories, uh, primarily the one of him with his little sling taking on Goliath, the story of David and Goliath. But then you might have also like heard the story of David and Jonathan, his best friend, who was the son of Saul. And you might know a little bit about David's rule. David and uh, Bathsheba is another popular story by him. David, as we've probably all heard, is the man who is after God's own heart. And uh, if you actually didn't know this, I believe that Solomon is one of the uh, children of Bathsheba. And so in the story, we learn that Solomon takes Over Well, not in this story, but in the context uh, of 1 Kings chapter 3, this is actually where you'll find most of the information about Solomon and his life, is that he, uh, as David passed away, Solomon took the throne and God asked him, what do you want? And Solomon, instead of asking for riches, for wealth, for extended fame and glory and all of those things, he asked for wisdom. And because of that, the Lord was pleased with him. And so he not only gave him wisdom, which he became the wisest man in the land, he was known for that. But he still was given wealth. He was still given success. He was still prosperous in every other aspect of his life. He was actually like the richest person in the world. And we'll talk about in a couple of chapters about just how rich this guy was. But the point is, is that he went for wisdom and God delighted in that. And because of that, he took care of him in every other aspect. Now, that is not to say that if you choose wisdom, you're going to be rich. Because at the same time, Solomon already had some of these things. He already had the kingdom. He already was the successor of his of his father. So he already had some of those things like wealth. But for us, if we're you know in a position where we don't have any money and we think that, oh, if I just choose wisdom, then I'm going to become wealthy, then you go in with the wrong intentions. And I think that Solomon's intentions were legitimately, he's like, I already have all these things, but... It's not enough, and I need something else. And so he said he wanted wisdom. And we get to see through this that there are thousands and thousands of Proverbs that he actually had, but he only wrote a few hundred of them. And he directs a lot of them towards his son. Uh, You'll kind of read in some sections where it starts with the singular, where it's just son, and then in other places where it's my son's. And there's other places where it just applies to the general public. But I believe that most of what was written is towards his children. And that actually places a little bit of emphasis on parents and our role as parents of children is to teach them that we shouldn't let the world teach them everything that they should know, not even just leaving it up to the church, that there is a responsibility at home to teach our children wisdom, because the point is that we want to set them up for success in life, to not stray away or to fall into destruction and to sin. And deceit, but instead to life, and life to the full, according to what we know from Scripture. Uh, Solomon did write most of Proverbs. There's a few proverbs towards the end where it's actually acknowledged to different people. There's a couple different names. I don't know if you would know the names of these people. They're kind of hard to pronounce too. But um, I'm going to say them anyways. But I might probably butcher them. But one of them is Agur or Agur, A G U R, and Lemuel. And then there's another unknown author at the very tip end of Proverbs as well. But for the majority of the book of Proverbs, we do acknowledge that Solomon was the writer of those. Um, it was also really common during that era for like neighboring regions to also have ancient literature. So some historians and scholars believe that there is some text that actually was borrowed from other uh, regions and other uh, cultures that was brought into the Proverbs. And it was pretty common for you to find like historical literature that had to do with wisdom. There's uh, specifically, I think, about the Stoics. I don't know if the Stoics is exactly the same time frame, but wisdom literature is pretty popular for you to read into. But the difference between our literature and what we're reading and what other people are reading, and this is huge to be able to distinguish between these two, is that the work of Proverbs and the literature in Proverbs is centered around God. God is the center of it. It is the fear of God that it is the beginning of wisdom, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Um, that everything that we read about is not for just practical advice, but it is ultimately to point us to God. And so that's what we need to go into this mindset with is that there's a lot of great advice out there. There's a lot of actual uh, books you can read, even the Stoics. Like if you know what the Stoics are, I actually read some of them and I started to get into the book a bit, but I realized after time that a lot of the wisdom that's in there, or the advice they give is not biblical. And sometimes it goes contrary to what you believe. But when you read throughout the scriptures in Proverbs, that it is consistent with pointing to God. And we know this is true because 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness. So the man of God would be complete, equipped for every good work. So we know the scriptures are God-breathed. We know they're inspired. We know they are perfect. And because we know that and because, you know, the Proverbs are set on God, that they are different from the rest of the world's teachings that we can find. So my encouragement to you is if you're someone who likes to read wisdom literature, like, All power to you if you wanna read other stuff, but do not neglect the Proverbs because the Proverbs has so much wisdom that is applied to our life, but really does center around God and our relationship with him. So ultimately, the purpose of Proverbs is to teach us wisdom, to be more related to life and like to practical application rather than sometimes like the spiritual truths or our relationship to God that we'll find in other texts. So it is really a book of like the the practicals. It is the how-tos, it is the um how do I do this? It is the why should I do this? Those kind of things. You're going to find a lot of that in here, which is great because obviously there are a lot of aspects in life where we're looking for direction and we need advice or we need good wisdom, and this is where you're going to find it. Um In verse 2 it actually says to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding so this is this is solomon explaining that this is the reason why i'm writing this is because he wants us to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding but the words that he uses there there's there's a, a sense of action there is a sense of actually perceiving there is a sense of going towards it to actually run to wisdom and to do the work for it. Wisdom is something where like, if you seek it, you will find it, but you have to seek it. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You're not just going to magically get there one day. A lot of people like to affiliate or um, uh, attach wisdom to age, but there are so many people I know in my life who are old and have gone through a lot and are not wise. And there are a lot of young people that I know who haven't gone through that much, but are very wise. And you don't have to necessarily go through things in life to have wisdom, you just need to know where wisdom comes from. And you need to understand who that person is that gives you that wisdom, and you can trust that person that they have either gone through it or that they understand the true weight of what they're teaching. So if you, for example, know somebody who, you know, decided to go work at a certain job and you were curious about going and working there and you asked them, hey, should I go and work there? You're gonna probably trust them because they've already gone through it and they know it. Or someone that's like, even with like a, a something more like pornography, it's like, well, I know pornography is bad, but should I go into it or not? And to listen to the voice of so many people who have come out of pornography addictions, who have come out of those places and said that this is damaging, it is wrong, it is hurtful, and has pushed me farther away from my faith, and it has affected my relations that, relationships that I have with other people, then you know that you probably shouldn't go to it because of what they've been through. But they don't necessarily have to be someone that has gone through it before. And that's why we can trust God and the wisdom he has. And even Solomon is that just because he might not have gone through these things, that they are inspired by God, given to him by God, and we can trust these works. And that is why we need to seek wisdom out, the action to actually the verb to seek out wisdom and to be intentional with it. Because when we do, we will receive the benefits that come with it, whether that be an extension of life, sometimes it is prosperity. It comes with happiness, joy, security, peace. So many things that can come with the wisdom that we seek from God, but we'll only get there if we truly seek it, not just wait for it to fall in our laps. Um, the last thing that I would love to just like talk about is just highlighting that uh, again. This these aren't guarantees. These aren't like universal cosmic truths where if you do A, you get B. Um, and sometimes the 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 wisdom that we receive in here is very broad, and so sometimes it is applicable in certain situations, and sometimes it's not. They're very generalized statements. So sometimes you'll see something, for instance, one of the the proverbs says, many hands make light the work. And in a lot of cases, that's so true, very, very true. But also, you've probably heard the phrase before, too many cooks in the kitchen, or you've probably heard too many cooks spoil the broth, So there's truth in both aspects. And so it just has to be applied into that. And that's, we'll talk about a little bit more in the next chapter, but that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge, you can know all of those things, but wisdom is applying that knowledge in the way that you best understand it. That's correct. If that makes sense. So wisdom is knowing knowledge and then applying that knowledge. Knowledge itself is just there, but that doesn't do us any good. There are a lot of people that are very intentional or <laughs> intentional, very intelligent, extremely intelligent people, but that does not mean that they have true wisdom. That does not mean that they are considered wise. It, it has to follow with their actions that they choose, how they choose to act off of that. So for instance, you can be really uh, good in finances and know a lot about finances, but wisdom is what teaches you how to actually budget your money. Like using the information you've been given and budgeting those things out, that's where wisdom comes into play. So that's how I would best explain that. And then the last thing that I would love to just uh, tackle just for a second is to also keep in context that Solomon, as great as he was, also had his downfall. Towards the very end of his life, he had 700, I'm not joking, 700 wives and 300 concubines. No joke, straight up. The man had a thousand wives. Like, how do you, how do you like, I'm trying to wrap my brain around like how you hang out with them each day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even have like a day for each one of them for the entire year. It'd take you like three years to spend one full day of intention. I don't know, man. That man was a player. He had game. Not a good thing. You don't want game. Not that kind of game. Stick to one wife. Be wise. But Solomon, in this case, he, he knew he shouldn't have done that, but he did it anyways. And because he did it, he was persuaded by their gods because these were people from all different places, not just of Israel. And because he did that, he was persuaded and tempted by their other gods and their traditions and their culture. And because of that, it ultimately pushed him away from God. So he turned from the Lord and then God raised up enemies against him to tear down all of Israel. And you'll find that in First Kings 11 if you want to go read more about it. So that's kind of the story there. And because we see that, that's, that's kind of tying into this idea of, of just because you have wisdom and you know wisdom doesn't mean that you're off the hook doesn't mean that your life's going to be prosperous that it's going to go great you have to continually apply that wisdom every single day and you have to set up boundaries around yourself you need to set yourself up with the right community and you need to apply what you know that wisdom into your life to protect yourself from those kinds of things i don't think you're going to land with a thousand wives or husbands but there's a really good chance that if you don't keep close to your heart, the wisdom of God, that it can lead to a path of destruction in whatever way that looks like. So even though Solomon's a great example of his wisdom and he does teach wisdom from a biblical stand where it is truth and there are there is truth to it, that doesn't mean that because he wrote those things that if you read it and you memorize it, then you'll have the same things. You have to constantly apply that wisdom on a daily basis. And that's kind of where that first takeaway goes for us is just kind of as we're going into it, that it's just, it's not enough to memorize the Proverbs. It's not enough to just listen to this podcast, learn the verse for the day and take that information and like just memorize it and just know it and it's in your head. And if someone asks you, you can memorize it and you can say it off the top of your head, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have wisdom. You need to apply it, right? Just because we know the saying doesn't mean that we live it out. And Solomon was the wisest of the world until Jesus. And that's what people had considered him, but he still disobeyed God and strayed from him. So wisdom is beautiful. It is great. It is uh, amazing. And with like the right use of knowledge that it, it can bring us closer to God and it can bring benefits to life. But you have to apply it. You can't just read about it. You have to actually take it and apply it into your life, which is so great and why I'm so excited for the series, because we're going to be taking every single one of these, these, uh, these messages, these little podcast episodes, and they're going to have takeaways that are actually applicable for you. Something you can actually take away and apply into your life. And if you can live out those principles with me, then I, I guarantee you, according to the scriptures, that we will find benefit in them. It might not come in the form of prosperity. It might not mean you're going to get rich. It doesn't mean you're going to have security and those kind of things, but there are benefits, not just tangible, but also in the spiritual and in the mental and the emotional that we can benefit from, from reading the Proverbs. So I'm excited for the series. It's going to be super awesome. I hope that you guys are as excited as I am for it. They're going to be much quicker episodes than this. I wouldn't say much quicker. They're going to probably be about half, about 10 minutes, maybe a little bit more. Um, gonna be super awesome they're gonna be full of lots of takeaways and there's so much in proverbs honestly i've been reading it and doing a more like in-depth study than than what we're probably gonna do here i wish i could share more but the goal is to make it short sweet to the point and give you something to go on with your day so we'll see how long these episodes go this is new for me as well um i'm really testing the waters with this to see how this goes it could be great it could be a one-time thing but regardless my goal is to try and help you grow closer to christ in tons of different facets and ways, and this is just gonna be one of them. So I'm excited, I hope you guys are too, and with that being said, be on the lookout for the next episode, which should come out shortly after this one, and let's get to this wisdom, yo. Peace and blessings.